And welcome back to the True Patriot Outfitters podcast, folks. We have with us in our interview series a VIP member this time to those of us in the kayak world, especially to those of us in the new canoe land. We have the man himself, Mr. Brian Schiller. Brian, welcome to the show, sir, and thank you for joining us. Ah, thanks for having me, man. Always uh, like jumping on another podcast and uh, talking a little fishing, a little kayak fishing, and all everything in between, you know. Well, but dude, VIP, I, can... I think that's a, that's oh, yeah. a little little overstatement. <laughs> hey, you know, for us here, dude, you are one. Of, I mean, I've had Jody Queen on. And I mean, sure. I'm going to put your, you know, Jody Queen's like Jody. up here. Jody's <laughs> up here though? and I'm like way down here, bro. <laughs> I'm the stuff on the bottom of Jody's kayak. <laughs> That's me right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, man. You know, in the kayak world, dude, you're a, you are, uh, you're a, almost a household name, dude. I mean, you've been around, people know you, they know of the podcast. I mean, you're, you're a famous dude, man. For us, that's big. That's big stuff. I mean, I've, I've been around for a minute, I guess. Uh, I mean, I've fished all my life, right? Um, you know, it's the age old story, you know, started fishing with my dad as a kid, but, uh, I found kayak fishing in 2018 and that's kind of a wild story and we can go down that rabbit hole and, you know, now it's, uh, now it's spiraled into this thing, you know, but, uh, it's been pretty cool and you know the kayak community in general like i i always get asked like what is it about kayak fishing and it's just like you know the the biggest part of it is the people the characters Amen. in the game and yep uh you know the camaraderie of the sport versus like you know i mean you get a little bit of it in the in the big boat world but i don't know man it's just uh there's something special about the kayak fishing community um that uh has has been really really cool to be a part of dude uh, i i say this a lot of times and the guys that i have all my friends and uh you know very close friends that i have in the bass boat world they they appreciate when i say it like this because they agree i mean it, it's this isn't an insult but the fact of the matter is in on especially tournament level stuff bass boat world is very clicky okay it's just sure. very, oh, yeah, yeah. very clicky yeah. i have i mean we have our clicks i would say but but none sure. that I have encountered that were uninviting. Dude, as a total rookie, everywhere I've gone, people mm-hmm. have open open door, man. They're like, come on in, let's go. You're you're welcome, you know, to the to the yeah. community here. And it's like, this is phenomenal. You're right, man. It's the people. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100 percent man. And that that's one thing, right? Like when uh when I got into kayak fishing, you know. It, I felt there wasn't like a, a whole plethora of, of knowledge and suggestions out there. I mean, there was a few outlets here and there, but, um, and that, hence the reason why I got into podcasting. Right. But, um, I started asking some, asking some questions on Facebook groups, um, you know, local club here to me, things like that. And everybody was super friendly and uh if they didn't have an answer they were like hey go check this out or go check that out you know and everybody's always willing to help you know like i mean and even myself right like i've had people you know lend a a helping hand to me and uh you know i've always tried to return that favor and uh you know the perfect example i have and i know this is already getting off topic but that's right that's right i was at uh i was at a um 
an event here in the Midwest um, where it combined, I think it was like four states at the time and all these little grassroots clubs sent their top five, I think it was, or top 10 guys to kind of battle it out. And uh, it's called the Crossroads Kayak Series. <laughs> and um, this guy I'd never met a day in my life from Indiana. Um, I was down there just helping media-wise, like getting photographs, uh, live streaming the awards, things like that, results. And uh, I think, yeah, it was day one. It was a two-day event, day one. Um, this guy from Indiana out fishing has the best day ever in a tournament on the water gets run over by a boat dude saw the boat coming jumps out of his kayak um his boat flips over he was in a pelican catch 130 at the time um jumps out of his boat loses rods reels gear his eyeglasses his cell phone um countless other things right and uh this dude was just like so beside himself had his best day fishing on the water ever. And um, I remember it real distinctly. Guy comes walking up the boat ramp and we're like, what's this guy doing? Soaking wet. You hear the (laughs) with every footstep. And we're like, this dude fall out of his kayak. And uh, he came walking up and uh, Susie Roloff uh, was a tournament director. And he's like, hey, I just got ran over. And we were like, what? And this guy was so defeated after that, right? He was going to go home. And I go, look, dude, I got a kayak on my trailer. I'm not fishing this event. Take it. I got a GoPro in my truck. You can use that to take your photos because it, it's got the, um, what do they call it? Geo capture. Yep. Uh, basically, it shows where Location you were when tagging. you took that photo. Yep. Um, I'm like, I got rods, reels, I got more tackle than Bass Pro Shop, whatever you need, it's yours. And dude went out, you know, after a little convincing, we got him to stay the night, goes out the next day, has the best time ever on the water. And to this day, we're really, really good friends. And yeah, uh, we only see each other once, maybe twice a year. But, um, you know, and, and not only that, but, at that day one weigh-in, um, somebody from his club had a box, and they wrote uh, Brock Hall donations on it. Guys were throwing in five, ten, twenty bucks, whatever money they had. Uh, they took some of the door prizes, gave it to him, some rods, things like that. And Good stuff, uh, man. I did a I did a podcast with the guy afterwards to talk about that as kind of like a safety lesson right and right um you know had he not been paying attention where the prop of that boat went over his kayak i guarantee you both of his legs would have been severed off oh my god because you could see the prop marks on his boat right and you know i i had put out there hey if you um have any extra gear laying around uh, my man can use it you know here's his contact info this and that and I, I still personally got messages, but Brock got a ton and basically had all his gear replaced, uh, wow. kayak crates, every, everything he needed, he had more than enough of. And he ended up paying that forward to, you know, other anglers, you know, down the road that, that could have used some of the stuff that got sent to him. Right. And, um, 
I mean, if you want to talk about the kayak fishing community, I mean, that's, that's a huge statement right there, that story. And I always reference that, like so many people stood up and rose to that occasion because a brother in the kayak fishing world had a bad day um, and, yeah. and could have potentially been a lethal day. Right. And, right. but I mean, that's how, how tight knit and uh, almost family orientated that the, the kayak fishing community is. And don't get me wrong, man. There's, there's bad seeds and everything, right? You, sure, get, you got a sure. couple negative Nancy's, whether it's kayak fishing, basketball, football, hockey, you know, yep. water polo, who knows? You know what I mean? But, yep. you know, the majority of those guys uh, are the worst, by the way. Yeah. Those water <laughs> polo guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, uh, you know, that, that sense of community is, is huge and what uh, right. has really, really drawn me to it. So, you know, man, and that's, I mean, we're, we're talking about the majority, right? And that's, I mean, yeah. That's really what, you know, last year, my transition last year was my rookie season in a kayak. Um, sure. And we made the decision. I was already registered for the MLF events. I mean, we were there. I had reservations at hotels. I mean, I'm, I'm very anal when it comes to planning out my season. Sure. Um, I don't like doing things last minute and then, you know, getting the table scraps of whatever's left over. Right. right I do right. my map study. That's what this, I don't ice fish. So that's what I do right now is I do my map study. I, I you know, wear my fuzzy bunny slippers, drinking hot cocoa and I'm on Google maps the whole time. Sure. Um, and so I, I had everything lined up and then a series of events took place. The phone conversation I had with new canoe and Blake, um, and these things all come together and I'm looking at my wife going, I think I want to try this. I think I want to do this. I, I want, I have an opportunity to get the flagship, you know, kayak, the unlimited. Um, I've, you know, I had a great conversation with Jody queen when I interviewed him, um, you know, cause to be honest with you, when I reached out to dude, it's like, yeah, this guy's won a few things. I didn't really know who dude, you know, who Jody was when I first, oh, you know, yeah. reached out and then, I'm doing my, my research leading up to, I'm like, Oh my God, this guy said, yes. You know, I've got like 12 followers right now. And he, he agreed to come on our show, you know, and do this. Um, and so I, I, I listened very carefully to a lot of his advice and we, you know, we went out there and dude, everywhere I went in the, in the, in the kayak community out there, it, it just, it reassured me that this was the right choice. This is where we want to be. And so that boat stayed in my garage until we sold it. Um, I finally pulled the trigger on listing it. And within 30 days, it was gone. Um, sure. I think that was like August. I think yeah. I sold it. Yeah. So it stayed, you know, because I, there was maybe in the back of my head going, I will say the first time I went out and tried to fish pedaling and paddling only. <laughs> and this is no detriment to our, our pivot drive. The pivot drive is, I love it. It's a great little setup. Um, sure. It's the mechanics of my feet moving and steering with my hand and trying to fish and drop an anchor and grab a net and doing this. Oh, I just couldn't do it, dude. It's just too much, too old. And it's just too much crap going on at one time, you know? So especially knowing all the cool accessories we have at new canoe to get you damn near hands free fishing. You know what I mean? It's like, sure. Oh yeah. I got to go that route, but yeah, man. 
the, the, the folks around here just, it's phenomenal. I love traveling uh, the circuits and meeting all the, all the different characters out there. For sure. And I mean, you had a good introduction. I mean, if, if they're in my top, top five kayak anglers, Jody Queens up there and he's probably closer to top two, top three, maybe, but, um, salt of the earth guy, man. And, and, he he's just like myself. He wants you to have a good time out on the water, even if that means sharing a secret spot, a secret bait, whatever. I mean, that guy is a king on the Susquehanna River. But um, and I've done several podcasts with him, a uh, bunch of my guys on paddling fin. And after every Jody Queen interview, it's always like you, you get this comment like, "Man, Jody Queen's the man." <laughs> I just got a new level of respect for Jody Queen and and he's salt of yeah. the earth, man. It's like uh, this year at ICAST, <laughs> I I remember I I was kind of messing around with him, but uh, I think he was over in the Torquedo booth, and I kept uh, walking up to him and uh, shaking his hand. I'm like, "You're Jody Queen, right? Can I have your autograph?" Or it'd be like, "Jody Queen, you're you're a kayak fishing god, or something like that." And he'd be like, "Oh man, get the heck out of here!" You know. <laughs> But I, that's the friendship we have, right? And um, but I mean, he's he's literally earned all those titles, man. That guy yeah. is has accomplished so much in the kayak fishing <laughs> tournament world. Um, in mean, a relatively he, short period of time, too. I mean, he, oh yeah, he didn't get yeah, started I, till he's like fifty. So therefore, he is yeah. my spirit animal because I just yeah, turned fifty sure. this year, my rookie yeah. season. You yeah. know, and yeah, he's like the KVD, literally of consistency. Dude, you know, across he, the across the deal. Yeah, if he's not in the top five, he's in the top ten for sure. And very rarely does he fall below that line. And it doesn't matter in what part of the country he's in. He's he's always out there crushing it. You know, and it's uh, and and he'll be the one to tell you too. Like you always get that question, like what makes you so successful? And his response every time is time on the water. You time know, he, on the water. He goes out and he fishes uh, a couple days a week. And, you know, if he can't fish at home in uh, the Virginia, I, th- I forget if he's in West Virginia or Virginia. I think it's, it's one West of Virginia. Yeah. I believe it is too. But, you know, if he can't fish out there, you know, he's he's traveling to go fish a tournament down south or over here or over there, you know. And, and uh, it, you know, just always does an amazing job no matter yeah. where he goes. And, you want to talk about a professional angler, like he is professional to the T, you know, what you want to see out of a professional angler, like, like Kevin Van Dam, Mike Iconelli, you know, Jacob Wheeler, like in the kayak fishing world, that's Jody queen for sure. And I, you mentioned it before. The thing I love about it though, is he doesn't have to be loud. He, he's, you know, he is, he walks softly and carries a very big fishing rod, you know, with him wherever he goes, you know? Well, he's a, he's an artist by trade and, and, you know, artists are always quiet and, you know, whatnot and operating on a different wavelength than you and I. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. But you know what I mean? It's uh he'll be the guy that'll come up to you and say hello at a tournament and, yeah. you know, ask you how your day was and things like that, man. And, um, I think that's important, important to keep people involved in the, in the sport of 
kayak fishing and it and not only that but uh kayak fishing tournaments you know yeah uh the tournaments of what have has brought a lot of limelight to the sport of kayak fishing and it's important to keep those people involved in that you know so if you got a guy like jody queen walking around and and being a a face to the sport so to speak yep it's it's super important man super super important and you know, I always, you know, reference it as, you know, kayak fishing's uh, for the blue collar man or woman. You know what I mean? Like, I know you come from the boat side. I fish out of the boat a little bit, but not everybody has the luxury of life of being able to, no. you know, uh, afford a boat or, you know, things like that. So, you know, kayak fishing opens the doors for kids. Uh, your average Joe, older guys, like, you know, at, at a very low cost level, right. Which is so important. And, you know, instead of, you know, I used to get, Oh, I'll never do that. I can't afford a hundred thousand dollar bass boat and this and that and blah, 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 blah. I mean, I know guys that travel around the country fishing kayak tournaments because it's cheap, you know? I mean, yeah, there are some higher entry level tournaments but you know for the most part there's options out there for you know doing a small monthly for 10 bucks a month all the way up to you know a big championship event with a you know 600 buy-in you know what i mean but compared to the bass boat like i mean you know what those entry fees look like you know and uh and then you put on top of it you know hotel rooms things like that like it, it adds up really quick Yeah. The commitment level, the access, I mean, all those things is really what um, the, and and I've been trying to train myself to one thing because you're right on that area, but I, and I I keep trying to teach people this too. When we talk about say the top 10 kayak tournament fishermen, uh, fisher people out there. Sure. I don't like using the word kayak anymore because I'll put these folks in a boat and I guarantee you, they're going to smoke them just the same. It's just the, it's the added feature of kayaking that changes your strategy. But when it comes to just angling skill, dude, in a kayak, you can't, you can't get away with bad habits. Kayak fishing. It exposes uh, skill deficiency. It exposes gear deficiency you got to be using good gear and you got to be, you know, dotting your I's, crossing your T's to really make it come together at that high level. Well, I, I remember, uh, I think it was in an interview or something with Mike Iconelli, right? And, and he fishes uh, some of the Hobie events. Yep. And so he's been fishing out of a kayak a little bit for the past couple of years. And, you know, he kind of talked on that aspect. He's like, you know, in a bass boat, if I'm not on fish, I can run 40 miles and go to my second spot or my backup spot with a kayak. I don't necessarily have that. Yeah. I could load up and go to a different boat ramp and then put in from there, but that's super time consuming versus, you know, ripping across the lake. Right. And he's like, what it made me do is instead of wanting to move to a different spot, making me break down in finer detail these smaller areas that are accessible to where I'm launching from. And he says that's made him an an incredibly better angler having to do that, being forced to do that versus, 
you know, having the luxury of, all right, put the PFD on and let's fire up the big motor and we're, we're going to move. You know what I mean? Um, the so Lake of the Ozarks, Table Rock, these are the prime examples. When primary points are working, you go hit yep. the next 30 miles of primary points. For sure. you and I, it's like, okay, if that primary point ain't working, <laughs> that second yep. tertiary better be doing something yep. or we're just going to be beating the banks, drawing wiggle works through the rocks. <laughs> well, and that's a perfect example, right? Table Rock Lake is one of my favorite bodies of water to fish in the country. And I fished a KBF event down there one year and the spot where I had found fish, they just weren't there. Uh, so I fished half a day and I drove up to my backup spot and just from boat ramp a to boat ramp b i think it was like a 48 minute drive so that alone you know what i mean not in uh, in, let's say loading up and unloading our minimum right in the middle of a tournament that's a huge chunk of time that you're losing you know what i mean um i didn't win that tournament, but I did win big bass. I had nice. a, a, caught a nice. real nice smallmouth. But um, you know, that's uh, you know, that's the game of kayak fishing. You know, yeah. it, it's it's a little more unique, a little different, but um, you know, it's got its pros and cons from the bass boat world. But at the end of the day, man, I mean, you can't be beat being that close to the water, uh, catching fish, and and you know, not only that, but like we're talking about honing your skills as an angler, how yeah. that really implements in kayak fishing. What it helped me do is, you know, I've, I've diversity has been a major part of, you know, my game is I wanted to be remain diverse in that I could, you know, I'm not really known people that know me that know how I fish know that offshore and I are not friends. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a skinny water guy for sure. sure. Um, and what I consider offshore is the moment that I, get outside of range of one hard solid cast to shore. I don't care if I'm in 30 foot or two foot. If I'm more than a full one cast away from shore, I'm offshore in my mind. And it's like, <laughs> okay, dog, now I'm starting to get lost. Cause all I see is water. I got no targets. I got no straight, you know, I got to start getting the live scope running here to get me some bearings, you know, out there. Sure. Um, sure. And, and I've gotten away with it to a degree. I just have to cover more water, but man in the kayak, like we just said, trying to cover more water. That's, that's a, that's a tough game to try to do. And I love my EPS system, dude. I love my motor guide. They get me across the water on that unlimited, you know, through some really wicked water. I can, I can get there safely, but still, like you said, you know, if I'm motoring, I'm not fishing and that time is ticking, man. (laughs) And if I'm going against guys like you, I'm getting my ass handed to me out there. You know, it's like, okay, no, we got to get our bait in the water again and get after it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, you know, I've had it. We're pre-fishing. I've fished from six different boat ramps in a day. You know what I mean? Just to go look at different spots and areas. And, you know, a lot of that, like you mentioned at the beginning, map study, man, like that is, that, that is a huge part of the game when it comes to kayak fishing, you know, is, is coming up with these areas that you want to go look at um, before you even look at the body of water. But as you well know as very well as I do, you show up to the body of the water and you can see the the color, the grass, color of the water, the grass, the things like that. And you're like, 
okay, well, everything I had planned out, planned out just changed. So let's look look at some maps and you know re-strategize before I go waste half yeah. a day pre-fish in this area that I thought would produce. Um, so I mean, it's one of those things, dude. It's it's fishing, right? That you know, like I've always said to uh, my kids and my wife, you know, they they call it fishing for a reason. It's not called not, catching, not you know? catching, yeah. And my wife tends to remind me of that quite a bit when we're out fishing and I'm getting frustrated. <laughs> so I had two things off of that, done. what you just said there. I need to know if I'm the only guy that has done this, but I found this to be very helpful. Um, one of the events, actually, it was my first event. Uh, I spent half of one of my, my pre-fishing days and my practice days driving around this body of water, putting eyes on some of these ramps and accesses. So I, I, and I, I felt good about it because I was learning so much from, you know, checking out these places. And it's like, you know what, this is a solid half day because uh, I'm, I graduated beyond the, I don't fish much during practice anymore. Sure. I might might throw a few things here and there, but to be honest with you, I focus on things that won't change. Fish freaking move. Mm-hmm. Rocks and yep. laydowns don't. You know what I mean? Yep. So that's that's where I'm more yep. I'm more interested there. But have you ever done that where you just, you know, new body oh, of yeah. water and just drive? Yeah. I've spent a whole day driving around. A yeah. whole day. Not even putting the boat in the water once. And yep. you know, you've I'm sure you've seen it. The one end of the lake can look completely different than the other end of the lake, you know, as far as you know, what the bottom composition is, uh, the type or amount of structure, the water clarity, like, clarity. you know, yeah. all, all that stuff plays a huge role in the fishing, right? Yep. And, you know, and especially like the one that I do it the most on is anytime I go up towards uh, the Mississippi River, yeah. you know, lacrosse, Wisconsin is a huge area. And I love usually, yeah, usually when there's a, a kayak fishing tournament, uh, pool seven, eight, and nine are the ones in play, right? Yep. Those three pools can look completely different. Always. You know, and um, granted, there's fish in them regardless, but you got to kind of determine, all right, where are the fish going to be easier to catch out of those three pools, you know? Well, and it's and, a quality game, too, that happens on sure. the pools. Sometimes yeah. the quality's in one and it's not in the other. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. There's quality fish in all three, right? But, you know, pool eight could be producing the quality bites compared to the other two or, you know, seven could or whatever. But, and and not only that, but the the actual, you know, structure of it is completely different. Like, yeah, you know. Um, Seven's the oddball to me. It, it definitely Lake, is, dude. I've, Lake I've fished it once there. or twice. Yeah, yeah. I fished it once or twice, and I, I think I caught a, yeah, I caught a pike on a frog in spring. <laughs> I think it was, and I was like, yeah, okay, this is out of the out of the uh, question here. So, I mean, I mainly fish eight or nine uh, when I go yep. up there, but um, you know, that's one where one hundred percent it could, and it depends too, like. Right now, the Mississippi River is at an all-time low, but a couple years ago, it was flooded 12, 15, 20 feet above above normal pool, and you know some launches you couldn't even get to, you right. know, or or park at to launch your kayak, you know. Um, so that 
you know, made it difficult. So driving around doing that research, man, it could, it could definitely make or break your practice or your tournament for sure. It's one of the aspects of the practice period that has actually got me going back to putting my unlimited back in the back of my pickup truck again. Um, I did half and half last year. I started off hauling around in the bed of my truck with a bed extender. Um, cause I've just got, I've got a crew cab with like a five, eight bed. So, um, sure. But then the other half, I actually had a trailer mm-hmm. and, Dude, I, I really do love the aspect of being to have full battle ready and literally I kick the nose off into the water and, you know, I'm good to go. But I like that mobility factor and our, and you and I are blessed to have one, you know, like in my opinion, the best of the big kayaks when it comes to uh, just mobility wise. Dude, that sure. unlimited, she can, you know, if you trim it down, I mean, what's her dry hull weight, like 85, 90 pounds? Yes, you know, for a, I think it's 84 to be exact or something. Yeah, like for, a, for a 12 and a half foot, 41 inch wide boat. I mean, come on, you know, that's yeah. compared to the 140 pound competition out there. I'm like, yeah. I want, I want to use that. I want to use that to yeah. my advantage of being able to get back into these, you know, public access gravel roads and such. And oh yeah. Yeah. yeah driving that's around. That, that was a, that was a major part. Just checking yeah. the body of water out. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. So where are you, uh, where is home base for, for you? Where are you? You're in the Midwest somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm technically in Illinois. I don't like to tell people that <laughs> the bad state, but, uh, I'm, I'm right on the Illinois, Wisconsin border. I could be in Sweet. Wisconsin if I drove 10 to 15 minutes North. How close uh, to Marion are you? Marion. Yeah. It's like South mm-hmm. Illinois. Uh, okay. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I think that's a few hours, probably oh, okay. two, maybe three. I'm cool. right outside of Rockford. Uh, I'm Northeast of Rockford, Illinois. Oh, so okay. that's like dead center, North part of Illinois. We're so. working on a deal with Romans warrior about getting our, our wall, uh, our global war on terrors wall of remembrance. We have a mobile monument that we take around the country. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're working on, putting a pen and together a huge event in Marion this year. And so we okay. will, yeah, I'll yeah. absolutely be there. We're going to be bringing the kayaks and such and uh, putting those nice. on display. And yeah. So I was Let just know curious. Is, dude. Yeah. Drive. For Thank sure. You. Well, and That's we'll cool. also, I'll be at, uh, um, for the all American kayak series, I'll be at, uh, lacrosse. Actually, no, that's the mm-hmm. bass event. I'm going to be in lacrosse for the bass event. That's the only one I could fish of their silly schedule. Um, sure. And, uh, and I don't mean disrespect by that. I'm, I'm appreciative yeah. of all these big companies, but sure, yeah, sure, for, sure. for West guys, yeah. three of five on the East coast. And I get it. It's a numbers game sure. uh, and, and they need, but five events. Come on, fellas, jump in. Yeah. Don't just dip your yeah. toes in the water. Come on in. It's warm. It's good. Right. Let's go. Right. Right. But I got hope that the guy they got now is going to help change that direction and is really going to put bass as a, a major player. Cause they could be the, the leader, man, they could do it. They got, they got all the other stuff that nobody else has. So who knows? But, yeah. Steve Owens has got a, a very well-known rep, rep, uh, reputation yep. in the kayak fishing world. And yep. I have all the faith in the world. Like that's, that's exactly what they needed. They had a bunch of people running the bass series that, didn't know anything about kayak fishing and that was yep. the biggest problem. Um, but 
progressively since its inception, they have gotten better. Yeah, uh, as they've gone along. So I will definitely give them that. But you know, that was a huge move having Steve Owens come on and be a part of that. And uh, I, I, I suspect you're going to see a lot, a lot of good things come out of that. You know, and that's the All-American I absolutely love just because of the diversity in their schedule and the hooks you get sure. to face. There are some serious, serious top, you know, and and for every yeah. argument's sake, I mean, they're as diverse and around the, the country as any other national, you know, pro series. Mm-hmm. They just don't, we don't have as many numbers yet. You know, we're, I, I want to say we, their average was like 40 or so, yeah, but, which that's, but they're getting there. They're getting there. And, and there's some really, really good sticks that fish that series. Um, yeah. You know, there's so many of them. Um, yep. But, and that was the thing too, is the, the, the main three kind of left the Midwest out of their schedules last year. And yep. I think that's where you saw a lot of interest in all American and, and uh, you know, what, what's kind of drawn to them, but, you know, Joshua Booth and uh, Tyler, um, what they've done with that series is is been pretty incredible. Heck yeah. And I I put it up there with KBF, Hobie, Bass. Like all American is a national trail in my opinion, and and they deserve that recognition one hundred percent. When uh, one of our team new canoe meetings we had, uh, you know, uh, there was a mention about you know for our national team on how that would look that if you compete and da da da, and they mentioned the big three, and I I quickly got typing. Um, would like to see, please consider the all American in that conversation sure. too. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. just, you know, everywhere I go, I try to, you know, uh, <laughs> just get people aware of them that, Hey, yeah. when I, I mean, did my I'm, research, these guys were, and yeah, you're right, Josh yeah. and those guys, man, they run a good tournament. They really do. Yeah. I, I've known Joshua Booth for years and, you know, he was a big part of Moyak and, uh, you know, those KBF events that I fished down on table rock, Josh was running those, you know, and, nice. uh, you know, Moyak kind of represented that. And, you know, for a while, like there was a lot of talk w- amongst our Midwestern folks, like, Hey man, like, you know, before when KBF was kind of regional, we had a bunch of events right here in the Midwest mm-hmm. and it worked out great. And when they phased that out and went to these bigger, you know, national trail series, similar to what you see in the bass boat world, you know, it was like, Oh, well, you know, there goes our, you know, uh, little regional trail series, so to speak, mm-hmm. that catered to that. And, you know, you saw some drop off in those major uh, kayak trails from the Midwestern guys. But yeah, since all Americans come around, now there's that option, you know, and, and uh, yeah, Josh Booth, man, I've, I've known him for a few years. And you talk to anybody that's fished Moyak for years, top notch, Josh always runs a great tournament and uh, has always been more than fair to anglers and, and -hmm. things like that, man. And then to see him bump that up uh, with the other guys with all American and, and focus on this national trail, man, it's, it's just as good as it was in Moyak, if not better on this national scale level. And uh, I can see that expanding even further down the road and just, continuing to grow throughout the years no doubt so i had the I had the privilege right uh last week here right before the weekend to uh, interview the 2022 angler of the year for the all-american and moyak chad davison and yeah. uh 
Chad, cool dude, super cool dude. And, uh, you know, very blue collar. Um, and just, you know, puts his head down, grinds, goes to work. And, and it, he had a phenomenal season there. And he saying same thing you're saying, everybody you talk to that has had the opportunity to be a part of it or meet the people love it, you know, and yeah. that's saying something you don't hear like, Oh, I guess it's okay. You don't hear that. Sure. You hear, no, this is a great trail. These, these are some yeah, great, yeah. you know, great guys to fish against. And yeah, it's a, it's, it's a ton of fun to, uh, to piece it out. They, they popped up just with us, you know, when travel becomes such a major part of my budget every year. Sure. Um, I did that Pickwick event for Bass, the one that Drew uh, uh, took last year. And dude, I felt like I was driving to a different continent from out here. I mean, I was, I, I was literally on the road because yeah. it's 18, 19 hours drive. I was going to say at least 20 almost. And yeah, for me, you know, needing to stop after 10, 11 hours and try to catch some Z's or whatever, you know, cause I'm just, I'm, I'm getting older now and I can't put in those 15 hours straight drives, you know, and feel okay. Um, yeah, it's that's, tough, that's man. the key is like, I could do it, but when I get there, I'm going to be ass and I need to be on the top of my game, you know, when I get there. Sure. And so, yeah, I was on the road for like 20 some odd hours, making it all the way out there. Beautiful place, bucket list item, but it's like, I don't know if that's where I want to go. So I'm just, I'm super thankful that the all Americans, you know, available out there for us to, to hit and, uh, and be able to, you know, fish that and then pick off onesie twosies here and there. Sure. 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 So what first sprung, I'm, I'm looking at your Facebook page. We're friends on Facebook and good Lord, man, when do you have like a, any moment? Cause you have a, you are involved in a lot of stuff. From sponsorship piece to the to the podcast, your your I mean, you help moderate and run for Team New Canoe. You run our platform, you know, for our team meetings out there. Where, uh, how did that all begin for you when it comes to like say paddle and fin? How how did what got you into that? Whew. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, um, well, I, I briefly mentioned it before. So 2018, I started kayak fishing and, uh, me and a really good friend, uh, good friend of mine, the two of us started paddling fin together, but, Sweet. um, he had always wanted to get a boat and never, never really got a boat or anything like that. And then he was like, you know, I'm going to, I think I'm going to try this kayak fishing thing. Right. And I was like, yeah, you know, check it out. I was like, and this is God's honest truth. I was like, go check out New Canoe. I had known about New Canoe since I believe it was like 2011. I had actually emailed wow. back and forth with Blake. Um, back in the day, you know, during the dot-com era, you know, I had this outdoors website. It focused on fishing and hunting and you know, we were looking at maybe trying to turn it into like this e-commerce thing. And I forget how I found new canoe. And I was like, these are pretty interesting. You know, like they were promoting their kayaks is like virtually untippable and things like that. And that was in the classic 10 and classic 12. Days. I was going to say that was the classic series back yeah. then. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, you know, you should check out new canoe or whatever. And, um, he's like, yeah, I'll do that. He, and uh, my buddy, he, dives way too deep into research and backlog and things like that. Right. And granted, uh, I, I'm kind of the same way in certain aspects, but, um, I was like, well, if you're going to get a kayak, I should get a kayak too. You know, I fished out of a canoe as a kid, a ton. And 
um, you know, we're bad influences on each other. That's what <laughs> we say, you know. So I remember I went and bought an Ascend 128T from Bass Pro Shop. And I had that boat for maybe two or three weeks. And I was like, this thing's a piece of garbage and (laughs) sold it to a kid that worked for me at the time. And um, uh, my buddy, Scott, he had found uh, the local dealer here, Rocktown Adventures. And he's like, dude, they got this thing demo day. I'm going to go down with my son. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Let me know how it goes, you know. So they went down and they demoed a bunch of different boats. And ultimately, he brought up bought a frontier 12 so that way he could go tandem with his son um or he can go out solo and i'm like oh that's that's pretty cool you know right me being the guy that i am i'm like i can't get a new canoe scott got one i gotta get something different (laughs) you know so um ultimately you know i sold that ascend and i went and um i went to a demo day and i actually thought i was gonna buy a new canoe pursuit um Oh, but and and I didn't know much about kayaks and, you know, him and I, when we tried to do some research, like there wasn't a ton out there. There was like Chad Hoover, Gene Jensen, and, you know, maybe a few things out there as well, you know? So right. we were kind of in the dark and uh, I ended up buying a bonafide SS-127 because I was like, Ooh, oh, nice. I'm going to stand and fish the whole time, this and that. <laughs> Lo and behold, I hardly stand and fish. Like there are certain occasions, but you know, most of the time I stay in the seat, whatever. Same. Well, at the time, um, him and I both listened to a ton of podcasts and we're like, I forget how the conversation started, but it was like, what if we started a podcast talking about kayak fishing and, you know, uh, share our experiences and, you know, kind of help, you know, people get into the sport and maybe answer some of those questions that we had getting into it that, um, you know, we couldn't find information on. I was like, well, there's one podcast I listened to. There's this free platform called anchor.fm and like we could upload our stuff there. And, you know, so it just spiraled from there. Wow. Wow. And I remember we recorded our first episode and it was like, Scotty hit record. And I was like, all right, what do we do now? <laughs> you know, and it was like, uh, hi, I'm, uh, I'm uh, Brian, and uh, I like to fish. And, you know, now you can't shut me up, right? But, um, you know, Paddle and Finn is kind of um, spiraled from there. Like the first year, I think we did like 48 episodes or something like that. Or I take that back. In the first year, we started in... Uh, I think the first episode was released in June and fast forward to that following June, Scott had left the podcast. Uh, I always claim that he joined the yacht club, but he went and bought a boat and, you know, condo (laughs) up on Lake Delavan and, you know, he was with the hoity toities and I give him a hard time about that all the time. But, um, uh, a good friend of mine who, I actually met and he was like our first or second guest on paddle and Finn, Jay Randall. Um, he ended up filling Scott's shoes and him and I together have grown paddle and Finn into, you know, this, uh, huge collective where we release a new episode seven days a week, uh, pretty much 11, 11 months out of the year. 
Um, wow. We usually take a break during the holidays. So we've been on break. We're about to come back. Uh, January 9th will be the first episode. But, you know, we got this collective of Jeez. like 14 or 15 guys and gals that um, each have their own show. So like on, on Mondays, like we got Bass Fishing for Noobs. It focuses on, you know, talking about different techniques, maybe rigging your kayak, things like that. It's It's more geared towards the beginner. But... I've had a lot of advanced fishermen, you know, big names feel like, dude, I, I took away a lot from that so-and-so's episode or whatever, you know? Right. And, you know, we got a product review show. We talked to, you know, manufacturers around the world. Like, uh, we even got a hunting segment, a saltwater segment. You know, we got all these different, like, shows. That's so awesome. every day of the week, you know, you got a, a new show and, some guys do like two shows a month. So every other Sunday, you know, chasing the tide, which is our saltwater segment is on, um, and vice versa. So, you know, that whole thing kind of, kind of started and, and took off and kind of exploded. And, you know, in 2019, I wanted to fish tournaments and stuff. So I've, I've fished the, the KBF trail series and made it all the way through the trail championship, all that stuff. And I think like AOY wise, I was like 34th or 36th out of the nation, you know, which was really cool. And like, yeah, when I started the season, I was like, if I could break a hundred top hundred, I'd be content with that. If I break top 50, even better. Never thought I'd be like that high up on the list and right. for, that was the year that Derek Brundle won Rookie of the Year. Oh, nice. And I think I was like three spots behind him or something. Like we were kind of competing. So it's right. funny now we're teammates on New Canoe, but yep. um, dove into that. And then I was like, you know, I remember when I met Jay and we did this podcast with him and he was like, yeah, I'm on the Jackson Kayak team. And I was like, kayak companies have like sponsored teams and stuff and he was like oh yeah dude and i was like how the hell does that work right <laughs> and that's where like that kind of like i was like you know I'd, I'd always known about fishermen being sponsored and sure you know as a kid when i fished a bunch i was like yeah i'm gonna mike Iconelli, i'm i'm a huge fanboy and i know people yeah. love him or hate him but when I saw Mike Iaconelli catch a fish on TV in a tournament when I was a kid. I was like, that's how I feel inside when I catch yeah. a fish, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like I was always shy and didn't, you know, show that emotion. But in here, I felt it. You know what I yeah. mean? And uh, I was like, man, how cool would it be to be him one day? You know what I mean? And, and that thought always stuck in the back of the line. And obviously, I didn't get into kayak fishing until a little later in life. But... You know, when Jay told me about, you know, Jackson kayak fishing team and this and that, like, I was like, how do I do that? You know? And he was like, come young grasshopper. Let me show you the way. <laughs> so, you know, Jay kind of, you know, explained it to me, like, you know, like companies are looking for media and representation and this and that. And I was like, well, I could do that. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. heck yeah. What do I get out of this? And he's like, well, you know, it depends what you do. And, 
you know, it can, and I was like, wait a minute, you mean I could save a bunch of money for switching my car insurance to Geico? Like, let's <laughs> do this. You know what I mean? Like, like let's, let's Hell roll, yeah. you know? So 15%. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I was like, all right, well, let's, let's start, you know? And, um, I didn't know where to begin. And I, I know like Jay had given me some pointers and he's like, dude, just do some research, you know? And I, I'll, I'll never forget it. Like I found um, a video series that Chad Hoover had put out um, in regards to getting sponsorships and stuff. Oh, and nice. I took a lot of tidbits from that and, you know, kind of came up with my own formula, so to speak. And, Right. You know, that's something I'm really passionate about because I get that all the time. Like, how'd you get so involved with all these companies yeah. and this and that? And, you know, I've done probably more podcasts than I care to talk about that. Just talking about that subject. And but it's something I'm passionate about. Right. Because I didn't really have like an outline of what this looks like and what you should do and what you shouldn't do and things like that. So, I mean, the door has been shut in my face just as many times as it's been opened. Right. If not more. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, the biggest thing is, is, you know, like you're going to shovel and eat crap, uh, PG version before you <laughs> actually get anywhere. And, you know, the longevity thing, you know, like, just because you're doing it for a year doesn't mean like, oh, all of a sudden, you know, new canoe is going to come knocking on your door or, right. you know, brand X, Y, or Z, you know? And, and, you know, I got involved with that and, you know, fast forward, uh, 2020, I, uh, went over to new canoe. Um, and, it just, it was a good fit. Like I'd always been a new canoe fan and like Matt Gibson, uh, who was my regional director. He's like, I always knew you were a closet new canoe fan. And I was like, yeah, well I'm out now, bro. I'm out. You know? <laughs> that's right. That's right. But I mean, it, 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 it's, it's funny how that all kind of worked out and went full circle. Right. I found out about this brand in, uh, 2010, 2010, 2011. And now like, I feel like I'm a, I'm a, a big part of that brand. Now I do a, a podcast you, for them. I was going to say, um, you're one of the faces of the entire thing, especially to those new guys like me. Sure. Uh, to sure, the team. Sure, sure. You are some of those guys that we, you know, we look to, you know, to see that right. guidance piece. That's awesome, man. And, and, and I'm an open book, right. And, and part of, so like the way that whole podcast came up, um, you know, I'll be the first to admit I took the idea from a good friend of mine, um, JD DeRosier, who was part of New Canoe, and he had hit me up and he was like, Hey man, I'm I'm on New Canoe's team now. And you know, I was thinking about doing this podcast thing, like what kind of equipment do I need? And he he briefly told me like the theory and the concept behind it. Well, JD ended up leaving um to go work on another brand's content. And, uh, so when I came aboard, you know, I kind of reached out to Everett Park and Blake and I was like, Hey, so-and-so, you know, JD had told me like, originally you guys were talking about doing this. Like, I think it would be a great way to help spotlight our team members, our dealers products when they're coming out, answer customers, questions, things like that. And, you know, um, 
I'd love to do it. Obviously, I got a background in it with paddle and fin, you know? So <laughs> right, right. I'm like, they're like, okay, this sounds great. What do you need from us? And I was like, uh, just access to the Facebook page and the YouTube page. So that way these shows can go up there. And they're like, that's it. And I was like, yep. <laughs> you know, that kind of started, right? But, you know, part of that too is, you know, um, you know, I get to go to shows, iCast, you know, ever since I got into kayak fishing, I always heard about iCast and I was like, I want to go there. I want to be there, list. you know, Bucket and place. Yeah. Uh, new canoe, uh, super fortunate. Blake asked me to go the one year and, uh, turned out great. Got to do a bunch of shows from there. Um, things like that, meet a bunch of important people. And, um, you know, in return, like I, I do the same thing for my local dealer. Uh, you know, it's show season now, so my show schedule is kind of crazy. But, you know, working shows, I've started to do seminars at these fishing shows, trade shows, things like that, which, you know, I'm super passionate about, man. Like, I've had the conversation with my wife in this past year. I spent some time uh, kind of taking a back seat and, and kind of guiding a little bit, uh, both oh, nice. out of the boat and the kayak. Right. And I'm like, I've caught so many fish, like, you know, I don't really care, but I get really excited seeing other people catch big fish. You know what I mean? So, you know, you got you know, it bad when you get just as zooked for their success. Yeah. Dude. Sure. And, it, and it's been absolutely phenomenal. So, you know, that whole education thing going back to day one, like getting into kayak fishing is that education aspect of paddle and fin, things like that. And, um, it's, it's been quite a journey, man. And I've, you know, with it being, you know, the new year and everything kind of reflecting back and seeing some of these memories and stuff. And I had one pop up the other day from, you know, talking about, uh, you know, the 2019 season, um, you know, it was, uh, that was the year I got to, you know, go chase down the trail series and stuff like that. And I'm like, wow, like to see where I was then and where I've come now, um, has been pretty incredible. And yeah, that's the photo from, uh, this year's iCast. And, yeah, that's, uh, and you know, the characters a, in here, man, this is so phenomenal. Just, uh, seeing, oh, you know, there's, there's some characters and, in there for sure. And whose is this? You see that, that little photo bomb? The kid. We got a oh, kid that's, uh, in Blake's, the background. That's Blake's daughter. That's Is it Blake's, Blake's daughter? daughter? That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's it's got to be a daughter of one of these guys in here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's Blake's daughter. But That's awesome. I mean, uh, uh, definitely a list of characters there, but all good dudes, man. Like, Very. I couldn't say a bad thing about any one of these guys on the screen, and uh, they've been super supportive, supportive of me. And I try to support them as much as possible, man. And, you know, that's that's what makes Team New Canoe so successful, you know, is, is just a good, good group of folks, man. And um, it's, it's really hard to find that core group that, you know, gels well together. And, you know, like anything, you're going to have some heads button and some disagreements on opinions and things like that over the years. Sure. But, sure. you know, it's... Uh, it's it's been a crazy journey man like some of the places i've been things i've done the people i've met and not only that but you know recently you know through connections through one of the companies i work with i now work in the fishing and outdoors industry i That's i do awesome. marketing for uh 
you know, Dubro Fishing, Pine Ridge Archery, and then they also uh, own a model RC company as well. So, you know, like kayak fishing has taken me from, yeah, oh, this would be a cool thing to do all the way to a career path. Um, You're finally doing something that you love. Dude, I've uh, I've only been there a little bit, and uh, I just told the boss's wife the other day because uh, she works there as well, and I was like, I feel like I haven't worked in over a couple of months just because right. I enjoy what I do. I love coming to work. Like, it it made me realize like I wasn't miserable at my old job or career or whatever you want to call it, but you know, like not being there made me realize how like just not happy or satisfied with what I was doing and granted like I was in the construction industry for like 20 years and it was like beating a dead horse at that point but um now it's like a whole new animal and I like to be creative obviously as you you see all the media stuff and Mm -hmm. things that I do and being able to use that creative outlet on a daily basis now is is been a huge godsend for sure you know, I spent 23 years in the IT industry. It's basically, it was the path that I chose to, you know, go make a living. Did a few sure. other things, other industries in between this and that. Um, and there was something that I learned, and it was actually my experience in the financial industry. Uh, I spent several years in that, and I was I was actually very good at it. Yeah. What that taught me, though, in my 30s is that, you can be really good at something and still not like it. Sure. And that's, yeah. that's where I was at with the financial 100%. industry. IT, yeah. it had just gotten to the point. I, I, unfortunately I had, I did time with government IT, which is sure. even, even worse. Um, and it just, it got to the point for me where, you know, you just find yourself wondering, what am I doing? What, if I'm, if I'm not here, yeah who cares? You know, really at the end of the day, it would be 12 other people behind me that'll fill right in. It wasn't until we started doing this. And so, yeah, brother, I I'm I'm right there with you in that this is what I do now. Um, and you know, full time, but chasing, you know, the trail and we're, uh, working with the true Patriot outfitters and Romans warrior. And there isn't a day go by that. I don't count my lucky stars that I have a very successful wife that has given me the platform to try (laughs) this. You sure. Know, we didn't. We didn't go all in until 21. That's when this started. You know, for us, yeah. Uh, really trying to make a run at this, um, and I accept the fact that I may have to grow up again, and 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 I'm fighting like hell to make sure I don't ever have to do that. But sure, sure, we, sure, uh, sure. One of the things I wanted to 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 just echo with you is the team new canoe. Um, I'm very picky about who I associate with when it comes to, um. Well, I guess let me preface this. People, there's always the assumption in our industry that you put a name on your hat, you put a name on your shirt, you put it because they give you money to do so. Um, but one of the things that I learned early on, and this was a, it was a very offbeat article, and it was a very candid interview that Kevin Van Dam had done. And his statement, I'm paraphrasing now, I'm not quoting him, but I'm paraphrasing the statement that he delivered, which was, no amount of money is ever enough to repair bad representation or a bad experience for a customer. Yeah. He believed that from, you know, that was kind of like, again, I'm, I'm totally butchering the way he said it, but it was basically that piece that 
don't, you know, don't ever think that just because I got my name next to something that it's just because it's a monetary deal. And Mm -hmm. most of the people do think that, and they, they think these things, but for me, I have a very small list of, of sponsors, if you will. And they range from nothing more than a discount to um, a promise to the future, all the way up to money being exchanged. You know, we have a wide range of supporters and I have never been as proud to wear a, a logo and, and tell people that I'm now a part of a team in, in recent history as I have with Team New Canoe. After meeting Blake, working with the, the folks at the main headquarters, meeting all you guys on the, in, our, in our team meetings, it dawned on me just how special of a deal this is. Um, are we saying New Canoe is the best thing on the planet? No, of course not. But for those of us that have used it in the way we love to use it. I honestly and seriously can't envision fishing out of anything other than I've had opportunities to explore other brands. Lord knows that that's out there. And when I think about it, I'm like, I don't want to, man. (laughs) I love what I fish out of. And I love knowing who's behind that, you know, and it's, it's a special deal, man. And I'm, I'm proud. I'm excited. And, uh, and that's why it's easy for me to share that with other people going, you need to get a piece of this, you know, buy one of these, let's go out in it. I've got four unlimited sitting in my garage. Let's go out. I'll let you, you know, test one out and you're going to love, you know, you're going to love it the way we do. You know, I just, I, I'm confident in that. Yeah. 100% man. And, and I mean, I've been on some other teams and part of companies, pro staffs and sponsorships and things like that. And, you know, I kind of learned that the hard way when I first got into, you know, looking for some, some partnership opportunities. And, mm-hmm. you know, I got involved with one company, they were young and I was like, you know, my mindset on it was, all right, well, you know, they're growing, I'm going to help them grow. We can grow together. And lo and behold, like, the folks that own that company were not the best people in the world, you know, and, <laughs> and trying to not necessarily repair, but distance myself from that. And, you know, they had some of my photographs and things like that on their website. And I had to be mm-hmm. like, look, remove now. Otherwise <laughs> we're going to have to take the next step, you know? Yep. And, um, and, and I'm the same way, man. Like, you know, I, I do have a list of companies that I work with, but uh, all of them I've worked with for quite a time and uh, they're all products I use and believe in and things like that. And, um, you know, you have to stand behind it no no matter the amount of money, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, I mean, you know, you could offer me a million dollars to represent a turd doesn't mean I'm going to do it, you know, like, (laughs) It's, it's just like, you know, if I can't stand by it, like, you know, cause at the end of the day, it's your name that's on that. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, totally. and credibility, and it matters. Like, like you said, man, it's, it's really hard to, to repair that scar that's been left on your name at the end of the day, you know? So especially in our industry. Oh, dude. And, and going back to, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast or was it before, but you know, the, the fishing industry, like everybody thinks it's this huge thing, you know? Right. Right. And it's really not, it's this very small tight knit community and, uh, everybody talks with everybody, you know what I mean? And once you, that 
they, it, it's like getting banned from a casino, the blacklist, right? <laughs> and, and that's what I refer to. And, you know, it, it's funny. I forget who it was that told me at a, a, a very early on point in me kayak fishing and working with companies. And it, and it was like, uh, there's always somebody watching. You never know who it is. Mm -hmm. uh, there's people within the industry that talk. And don't ever get, you know, blackballed. And I was like, blackballed, like blacklisted. And I was like, what the heck, you know? And, um, you know, I've seen it where guys like they jump brands every season, you know right. what I mean? And like, <laughs> that's, that's blacklist number one, you know what I mean? Yep. And, um, uh, so when somebody told me that, I was like, oh, that's a real good point. Like, you know, I treat, uh, sponsorships, pro staff, whether it's a discount all the way up to paid as a job. And that's the yes, way sir. you should treat it. Right. And Absolutely. I think a lot of guys miss that. They just, like you said, look at it as a logo on their Jersey. Um, and, and makes them feel like a badass, you know, what I mean? <laughs> Cash um, <pirates. laughs> where exactly. And, right. you know, a lot of guys don't realize what that is, you know, and, um, when you start treating it like a job, you'll start getting respect. Like it's a job and, yeah. you know, promotions and raises and things like that. You know what I mean? So, um, what, yeah, it's, you, it's an interesting deal we live with. You had mentioned this earlier and I wanted to circle back around it. You had asked, you know, you had said, you know, that one of the most asked questions you get is about the, you know, how you turn this into, you know, a job and sponsorships, things. This I too get asked that a ton about, Hey, you got to teach me how to do this, this sponsor thing. You know, if uh, I'll share that, you know, Hey, we picked up a, we got a new sponsor for 2023 coming in and people immediately, Hey, you got to, how'd you do that? You know, what's the, what's the secret. And, and it's finally getting to the point now where I can articulate it a little bit cleaner. And unfortunately they hate the answer because there is no magic button for this. The answer sure. is it's called a relationship. People need to get to know who you are and you need to get to know who they are. If there is not a two-way avenue of value there that you can bring and that they can bring, unfortunately, you probably just have to settle it being real good friends and maybe you still use their product because you really like them. Um, but maybe they're not in a position to do something. It's, it's that relationship that you, it, you know, and none of this stuff happens overnight. Now, nope. will there be exceptions to the rule? Of course there will. Sure. But as a whole, if you're looking for the magic wand, it's called be honest, be transparent, get to know people, and be willing. Like you said, you're going to have to eat a whole lot of crap sandwiches on the way there. And that's just the way it falls out. You know, it's none of this stuff is a, is a magic wand. You know, it's not... Dude, I got a master's in business administration with an emphasis in marketing, and I can flat out tell you that it has nothing to do with obtaining these sponsorships. No, no. It does help in one area, and that is the other piece I try to tell people is first step is if you've never owned a small business before, go learn what it takes to own one yeah. <laughs> because yeah. that's going to tell yeah. you what's important mm -hmm. to them yep. because what you think is important probably isn't. So. Yep. If you, if you get to understand where they're coming from, then you can be honest with yourself and say, can I, can I help them? 
is there anything I sure. can honestly do, you know, to, to, to do this? Yeah. Uh, not to, not to consume it, but my wife, this last uh, email that I sent off to uh, uh, somebody that I've been working with for, for a while, she had me up the ante a little bit. She's like, you should ask them about covering some fuel for the year. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I'm in my head, I'm like, are we there yet in the relationship where I could be that bold? And I remember telling her, I don't think I'm that big enough yet. I mean, I just one year in the kayak game, I got a ways to go before I could be asking this. But like she said, she goes, it's, it's not about that. It's about you've, you've worked with them. They know you better now. So we did. They said, no, thanks. Not yet, but let's revisit it next year. <laughs> I said, cool. Yeah. But they agreed to everything else that I asked for. Sure, <laughs> so sure. we were, we're in, you know, but yeah, it's, it's, it takes. Well, and, that, and that's just it, right? Like you got to come at it from a business tax aspect, right? And uh, yes, John over at Yak Gadget uh, said to me once uh, recently, he goes, look, brother, if it ain't making dollars, it ain't making sense, you know? <laughs> and I was like, how true is that? There's right? a t-shirt, and, man. There's a yeah, t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. You should tell them to coin that right away. <laughs> oh, there you go. I see what you but, did there. Coin but, uh, sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh it's uh thanks for joining Dead Jokes Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> right. But it but it's so true, right? Like a lot of guys, I've seen so many people like uh you'll this is classic. You'll see him post on Facebook or Instagram. Super excited to announce my partnership with brand X, Y, and Z. And uh, looking forward to the 2023 season, this and that. That's the one and only time you'll ever see him say anything about that brand <laughs> on their social media platform for the rest right. of the year. Right. And lo and behold, the following year, they're with a competitor. You know right. what I mean? Right. Um, until they get on that blacklist and you know, so many guys, they'll, they'll, they get to that point and they're like, well, I made it. What else do I need to do? You know, like (laughs) who cares? I'm already here, you know, like, and it's, and it's interesting, you know, like, I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, like I was guilty of that uh, a little bit back before I realized what everything was. Right. I was going to say, I think we all are It all. We all, yeah. well, and the thing is, is like, well, how do I get to what you do? You know what I mean? Or how do I get to that higher echelon? Well, produce high quality photographs, videos, um, think outside the box, do seminars. Like, you know, in in different teams or brands that I work with, you know, there's all these always like these call to actions. Hey, we need photos of this or hey, mm-hmm. we need videos of this or hey. We're going to be working this trade show. Uh, anybody in that area willing to come and work for the weekend or whatever it may be. And if you're not jumping on that stuff and you never reply to it or never contribute to it, you're going to stay where you're at or you're going to be, you know what I mean? And like yep. most teams or or uh, brand deals, things like that, they they usually have a structure. This is what we expect from you. This is what you can expect from us. Right. And if you don't meet that criteria, like, and then it, it, and I've seen this too, like people don't fulfill their duty. Brand has fulfilled their promises, but you know, angler, whoever hasn't fulfilled theirs, you know, come that renewal season or next season, 
you know, they get dropped and then they're like, you know, screw brand X, Y, and Z, you know, <laughs> they let me go and this and that. And you only see that part of the story. But if you talk right. to so-and-so from that brand, you know, they're like, yeah, the guy signed up and he gave us two photos the whole season and they were crap. Like, yeah, of course we were going to let them go. You or they wait for that 11, 11th hour to drop like 12, you know, posts instead of oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. thinking they yeah. met their quota. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny, like, there, there's um, one company I work with, um, they make you reapply every year, um, and it, it's a drawn-out process, right? Yep. And there's guys that, you know, in the past have just not reapplied because they're like, I've been around since before this whole thing, I should, why should I have to do this, you know, whatever, and they have since been dropped from that brand, and you know, and then they're like, oh, you know, bitching and moaning and, and right. you know, they end up, you know, on the wayside. And it's like, however, that company that has that very strategic way of going about their pro team and ambassador program, um, probably one of the most successful companies out there from the marketing aspect because they get quality content because the people that are there went through all the hoops and bounds to get there. So, you know, they're going to continue on that process. Whereas like, you know, everybody's talked about it. Like Wu tungsten, like, all right. You know, like the, as long as you fill out a thing, you're on, you're on. And and it's just a a big joke in the fishing community. Right. Like I think one guy had his dead grandma apply and she got on, you know, like filled out all her info and like, they did no research. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, when you look at it, like, you know, certain brands need certain things, you know, whether, and, and most of it relies around media. Uh, so to speak, yeah. you know, like Excuse not me. everybody is a Jody Queen, a Russ Snyder's, you know, whoever. So, you know, the, one of the things that a good friend of mine told me as I got heavier and heavier into this, and he's like, "What's your niche, man?" Yeah, he's like, "Let me ask you this," and, th- and this is the, probably the greatest piece of advice I ever got because at the time I was doing the Pedal and Fin podcast, um, I was on several different brand teams. I was trying to put out two YouTube videos uh, a week or something like that. Yeah. I think I was doing two a week. Um, I was trying to help run a tournament series. I was trying to fish tournament series (laughs) and he was like, dude, how much energy or he's like, out of all these things you're doing, what is the thing you feel like you're the best at? And I was like, on podcast because i talk a lot and he <laughs> laughed you know and he's like okay so podcast is your niche right so right now how much time are you spending on that and i was like what do you mean i spend you know x amount of time a week and he's like okay well if you weren't fishing kayak tournaments and you weren't um doing the youtube videos and you weren't doing this and that now you got all this extra time how much bigger and better could your podcast be versus spreading yourself so thin on all these other things exactly i was i was like some of a bitch yep. this guy actually makes sense <laughs> <laughs> and uh i was like damn you know way to deflate my ego bro <laughs> but um it, you know at the end of the day that was a big eye opener right i i 
started to scale down those other things and scale up on on the podcast and things like that and focus more on the media side of things you know and um since i've done that it's it's really opened some doors and now it's a career for me like i don't have a marketing degree like i've spent the last almost 20 years in the construction trade however what i've done in the fishing world over the past you know five six years um was kind of my portfolio and education so to speak and on marketing and things like that and translates yeah yeah and you talked about relationships and things like that like i got this opportunity dropped in my lap because of a relationship I had with another brand who, you know, we had had a conversation and they just didn't have the money to bring somebody else on. Right. So then it was like, Oh, well we have this opportunity over here. Uh, these are good friends of mine. They're in the industry, whatever. Here's the info apply for it. I'm going to be sad because you're not going to be available when I need you, but you should go, after this and um you know hence you know the the turn of events now i'm that's awesome marketing specialist for a fishing and archery company and um haven't worked a day since you know what i mean so it it all translates i know i kind of hopped around in there but like you know you try to lead a horse to water doesn't mean he's going to drink. You know? So it's like, <laughs> right. I try to reiterate that aspect in so many different ways so people can understand it. But at the end of the day, you know, it's like, uh, you know, if you're not putting in the work and the effort or going that extra distance, you're never going to scale up that ladder, so to speak. Yeah. 100% dude. And that's that less is more approach is exactly what led us to do what we did with this year. Um, you know, last year when we went blazing out the out the doors with GC Fishing, we had an online tackle store. I was trying to create up a little network of discounts and such that I could pass on to the veterans and first responders that we worked with. Um, we sure. had the tournament. We had the tournament fishing. We were working with Romans to do the kayak and camping and hiking and golf, all these things. And at the tail end of the year, there, Brian Romans and I sat down and we started realizing, you know what? Not saying we're going to not do that, but for sure. right now, we're going to pull this thing back. We're going to put the shotgun away and we're going to bust out some sniper scopes here. You know, that's why what I'm doing now with the true Patriot piece, you know, is straight kayak fishing. And yeah. if we're doing it as recreational therapy, that's the purpose. Give these no cost trips, take these guys out, see if we can give them the fishing bug. You know, the same as uh, you and I, you know, we're bit with and see if, you know, yeah. see if they, they enjoy the outdoors as much. And so it's, yeah, you, sometimes you need to do that to get that focus, get that clarity, and then let it grow into those other areas for you when it makes sense, as opposed to yeah. just jumping all in and grabbing all of it. Yeah, you got to let it do it. its course organically versus forced, you yeah. know what I mean? And that's one Big thing. Time. I've learned too. And I know you kind of mentioned that like earlier, like these things don't happen overnight. And no, I know when I first tried to like start getting into that whole game, you know, it was like, why aren't they calling me back? Why isn't, you know, so <laughs> like, you know, and I, I like in it and it'd be like the next day, well, I haven't heard back from them. And I kept checking my email box and messenger and whatever. And, uh, you know, finally I was just like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, it, if it's going to 
going to happen. And that's the way you got to treat it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, uh, you know, and I've always too, like, I've had <laughs> folks be like, Oh, so-and-so is doing this or so-and-so is doing that. And, you know, you should do this. I'm going to do me. Right. And that's one thing that I've kind of stayed true to is focusing on myself, not what everybody else around me is doing. Like I get that all the time. Right. Like, uh, especially with paddle and fin, like we're probably one of the oldest and longest, uh, kayak fishing podcasts. Like when we started, there was two other shows out there. One was the saltwater experience, which didn't relate to freshwater kayak bass fishing, which is mainly what we revolve around, but we go out of aspects outside of that now. And, uh, there were some guys out in California that were doing one as well. And I've seen so many fishing and kayak fishing podcasts come and go in that time span. Yeah. And um, I always used to get the messages. Did you see so-and-so starting a kayak fishing podcast? Cool. And they're like, what do you mean cool? That's competition. I was like, that ain't competition. That's bringing more eyeballs to the sport of kayak fishing. That's just making what we love to do that much bigger. Yeah. Like, Tell them I'd love to work with them. Let's do a cross-promotional episode. They come on my show. I'll go on their show. Things like that. You know what I mean? Heck yeah. And I've grown so many relationships from doing that type of stuff. And it's and it's funny, right? Because I do a lot of research on podcasts and, you know, things like that. And there's a statistic out there that um, there's something like 3 million podcasts uh, that have been created. However... Uh, less than a million operate uh, still to this day. Oh, and most podcasts created never make it past episode 12. Oh, wow. Because, and, and the <laughs> reason and the thought behind that is, is well, we made 12 episodes, right? And like, for instance, right now we're at an hour and 21 minutes on this recording, right? Great. Uh, most podcasts will go anywhere between a half hour and, you know, two hours, right? So you multiply that by 12. Well, we did all this work and spent all this time to do <laughs> these episodes, but, you know, only 50 people listened. Right. Like, so what are we doing this for? And they end up <laughs> just throwing in the towel, right? <clears throat> because it's that instant gratification thing. And, dude, I remember uh, the first episode we got 50 listens on. Because when we started Paddle and Finn, like, we didn't ever think anybody was going to listen. We never right. thought it would turn into what it is now. And uh, it was just me and Scott. And like, I remember screenshotting and texting him uh, of our anchor plays. And I was like, dude, we just hit 50 plays on episode one. And we were already on like episode eight or something like that, or maybe six. And dude, we got like so excited. And like, we were like some schoolgirls. And I remember when like the <laughs> first, like kind of like, quote unquote fan had emailed us and it was a dude in Wisconsin who we ended up meeting and having lunch with. And he was like, Hey man, love the content. Like gives me something good to listen to and some things to think about while I'm on or off the water and things like that. And it was like, Holy crap. Like somebody's actually listening to what we say and paying attention. You know, yeah. And, and it's, and it's helping them. Right. And you That's know, awesome. again, um, you know, hit a hundred plays. Right. And then you're like, Holy crap, like a hundred people listen to this episode. And then it turned into a thousand and then it turned into 
10,000 and, you know, so on and so forth. And then you're like, you know, eventually you hit a million plays and you're like, how the hell did that happen? You know right. what I mean? Right. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, I go to kayak tournaments and they're like, dude, you're the guy, you're the <laughs> guy. You know what you're I mean? You're that dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I had it at a grassroots event up here one time and, uh, he's like, you're Brian from Paddle and Finn, right? And I was like, yeah, bro, how's it going? And he like kept walking. I was like, where are you going? And he's like, I can't talk to you. You're too big to talk to me or something like that. I was like, what are you talking about, dude? I was like, come back here. Like, how'd you, how was your day on the water? This and that. And he's like, no, dude, you're big time. I can't. I was like, what the hell just happened? You know what I mean? I said it at the beginning, man. VIP, was, I told you. <laughs> and it's, it's funny because like, people that know me they they laugh at stuff like that right right because like you know i'm like i said i'm usually a pretty shy humble guy and and you know i honestly wanted to know how the guy's day went you know and this dude was like couldn't talk to me and i was like dude and i ended up going over later and uh i was like yo bro what's up man it's good to meet you thanks for listening to the podcast like you know how'd your day really go and he opened up but i'm like that was weird to me, but right, on the flip right. side of that coin, uh, the guy had told me how much listening to some of the podcasts helped him uh, catch more fish, be more efficient on the nice. water, things like that. Not necessarily my show, but like some of the different shows that we offer on the podcast, you know, and um, that meant a ton to me, dude. And like yeah. I said, edu- education is the biggest thing for me and get more people involved in the sport of fishing and, and staying with it. You know what I mean? Um, it's that's, that's huge to me. I want fishing traditions and things like that to carry on way after I'm dead and gone. And if I could be a little itty bitty sliver of that, like awesome. It takes one, right? I mean, it takes one to give you that, that that justification piece and that just it keeps you driving going to the next one um there's there's a a big time you know similarity between that and the work that that we do um when you see it impact one person that's the motivator right there and for me it's always been creating stewards of our sport um not the you know i I'm, i'm not I'm not pleased when I see uh, folks in our sport and I don't see it near as much in the kayak side, just because uh, I think it's just the roots of our, of, of the origins of where we come from, but creating stewards of the environment, stewards of the fisheries, understanding that when we're there, what we love to do, we need to preserve it, take care of it so that it can, the next group coming through can still have these resources to them. So not just shying away from people talking about catch way release, catch photo release, yeah, listen, right. listen to the conversations. Let's have, yeah. let's have, uh, you know, a talk about, you know, what might, you know, be the next best thing we can do. I don't mind inspections at the ramp because I have a motor on my kayak inspect sure. it, man. And if I've missed some, some mud or whatever on there that I didn't see, tell me about it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we have to be willing to, you know, try to give. And so that's, yeah, that's always been our side is on the fishing tip is 
get involved in the sport and be responsible about it. You know, take care of what we have out there. Like you said, 100%. the edu- educate piece, man. Educate. Uh, and and yeah. And that, that falls right in the educational portion. You know what I mean? And yep. like I, if I had to guess and I haven't calculated this up and I've thought recently I should do this, but I, if I had to guess, I've probably done 400 podcasts um, in the past couple of years. Right between pal and finn unlimited actually it's probably more than that now that i think about that i was gonna say you also have the unlimited podcast too yeah i've been on the unlimited paddle and finn i've been on other people's podcasts like yourselves and if i calculate all that up right and all those shows combined only helped one person get into fishing stay in fishing my job is done and those 600 plus hours or whatever I spent behind this little microphone was worth it, you know, yep. and that's, that's kind of how you got to approach it, man. It's, it's, uh, well, and it's not it's, a corny, cheesy thing. It's the real deal. I know exactly what you it mean. Is, dude. It is. It is. It is. And, if, and you, if you feel that way, then yeah, you got a shot at this. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, w- I would hope I've helped influence one person out of all those podcasts, but, um, no, and it's totally true, man. I, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's going back to that whole thing of being yourself and, you know, whatever. I mean, it. I like I'm paddling fit and we like to keep our stuff raw, organic, you know, like, yeah, there's going to be bloopers. There's going to be like little things here and there, but, you know, rather than this overproduced thing. And I think people yeah. relate to that a lot better. You know what I mean? So. Agreed. And that's what, you know, you and I spoke about this, this, none of this is scripted. I, when you and you and I were talking, the, the says, what are we going to talk about? You know what? We're going to introduce people to you and we'll talk some fishing and we'll go that way. And you know what? Maybe it's gold. Maybe it's not. I've had, I've had both of those things occur. I've also had a semi-scripted interview make me want to stab myself in the eyes going, oh my gosh, this dude. You know, and it was, it was great people, but yeah, just, it wasn't, it wasn't a good interview. I could tell I was not doing a good job of it. Yeah, <laughs> It's uh, I've, I've tried to do a couple podcasts like that where I've had like a sheet of paper with a list of questions right here next yeah. to me. Right. And it almost feels like the interview is forced and yeah. you're like, Oh my God. Like I go back and I'm, I may be weird, but I listen to a lot of podcasts that I do. Like, like after you put this out, I'm going to go yep. back and listen to it to see how much of an idiot I sound like, but, <laughs> um, but I've done that, you know, in interviews I've done just for my knowledge, right? Because I'm always yeah. trying to better myself in the way that I present questions or approach an interview or things like that. And right. Anyone that I did with like written down questions, I was like, that was just God awful. It was yeah. just horrible. And, um, everyone that I've done since then where it's just super organic and like, I get it too, right? Like, um, I was just asking, I think when you messaged me and I was just asking like general outline, like, what yep. do you want to know? You know, like, cause I didn't know if you wanted to just talk about new canoe or right. Alan Finn or, you know, like, again, I'm involved in all these other different things. So I just want to know <laughs> like, a few hey, what do I got to talk about? You know what I mean? <laughs> I, and like I told you, I was like, we could do a Joe Rogan podcast where we go for five hours or we could do <laughs> half hour. I don't care. You know what I mean? But, um, <laughs> You know, having those organic conversations, yeah. you know, and it's like I I definitely have a general outline of like 
general questions that we ask guests and things like yeah. that. But we've always told our guests because we always get like, oh, I'm super nervous. I've never done one of these or I'm Same. super nervous, you know, this and that. And I go, look, this show is your show. Uh, just imagine that we're just a couple guys or guys and gals, uh, yep. whoever the guests may be sitting around a campfire, just shooting the breeze, drinking a beer or whatever. You totally. know what I mean? And people are like, oh, okay, I could do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it kind of eases their mind. I'm like, there's no structure to this. You know, like we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. And I can steer this conversation one way or another. So, yep. um, you it's know, like, don't, just, don't worry. I got you. Let's yeah, just let's yeah, go yeah. chat. You know, one yeah. of the things that I found early on that I started doing, and I, I have no problem showing it. I take notes based on the things that you say, because there'll be points I like, the same thing. that I want to yeah. try to come back to. So, because sure. if not, I'll think about the next five things afterwards and I'll forget about yep. it. And that's about as scripted as I get with it. One I of the, the same thing, <laughs> one of the best compliments that I was, I was given, and this is what helped motivate us in the beginning to keep going because early on, you know, 12 episodes in, I'm like, man, is this, is this what we should be doing? Um, but I kept getting this feedback and even, even the guy we talked about earlier, Jody even said this, man, that was a lot of fun. I really appreciate that conversation. Yeah. If we can create that for our visitors, then I'm, I'm, banking on that it translates back out to the people that that do get an opportunity to listen or watch you know we we do it i don't know if uh, i'm positive you guys do it on both audio and video both but yeah you know yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's you know it's one of those things that you know if you create a a welcome environment there you know i think it 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 translates back out and it feels good to hear a guest say that, that man that was actually a lot of fun uh yeah i'll come back on that's no deep no big deal <laughs> Like, good. yeah, it's yeah it, it, it makes you feel like you did your job right, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah, um, and and that too, right? Like, we always ask, Is there something you don't want to talk about? Because I right. think we had an instance one time where we asked a question and they were like, Uh, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that, and we ended up having to edit, edit that out, which was totally fine, you know. But yeah, let's get the beginning because you don't want to make your guest uncomfortable, no, nope. um, but you know, it's uh we get the same thing too, man. Oh, that was a lot of fun. I don't know what I was so nervous about, you know, like yeah. things like that. Yeah. And it's like, see, I told you. And, and then you end up after the show sitting here, chit chatting back and forth for a whole nother hour off <laughs> exactly. the recording. And you're like, why did we stop? We talked about so much great stuff afterwards, but you know, that's the way it goes. And that's how you do follow up interviews. You know, like I've done multiple <laughs> interviews with or shows with, uh, you know, the same, same person, you know, it's like, right. uh, like going into the, this next season of paddle and Finn, like we've kind of made it a tradition. We have our good friend JD DeRozier on every year for the first show of the year for our, our show that Jay and nice. I do. And, uh, it, you know, JD is just a, such a fun, positive dude. And we're like, this is how we should start the year every year. And we yep. kind of made it a determination after that. And, you know, we always hit him up and he's like, yeah, man, I'll, you know, I'll do anything for you guys. I love you brothers, you know, and that's awesome. We know we have a great show, but you know, you occasionally you get a guest that just, they don't talk or they have oh. very short lived answers. And, um, you know, it's tough and you end up getting them to open up and things like that. And, uh, 
that's a that's a difficult task and it takes a lot of craft and maneuverability through a conversation but it it, it happens and one of once the, you kind of figure that out it's it can be a good thing one of the cool things about fishermen <laughs> is we are never at a loss of stories or talking you know when anglers sure. sit down you you mentioned about that asking a bad question so i had uh, mike mcclelland Mr. Okay. Mick yeah, himself. Yeah. Um, I had an opportunity to uh, marshal at a, at a event that had those guys come down to the FLW and fish a super tournament. And I met Mike and Stacy and absolutely love these two. The McClellans are an amazing, amazing family. Um, Mike agreed and came on my show early on. And I asked him prior to that, you know, about uh, MLF bass, you know, type conversations, sure, you know, should sure. we, you know, and I got, he was always such a consummate pro Mike is. And I, I, I could read in his response and say, you know what, I'm not even going to, we're not even going to go there. Let's just talk on the other stuff, you know, and yeah, we'll yeah. go the other path. And um, yeah. So yeah, I, I get you. You, you always want to make sure that you don't put him in a, in a goofy situation. The other one, with a couple of anglers that I, that I'll like Doug Chapman and uh, David Fluger, Josh deal. Um, Josh is a good buddy of mine. Uh, now he and I text quite a bit and I always have to make sure it's like, uh, so I'm not going to say anything about this sponsor unless you do. Cause is that new news or, you know, is you supposed to sure. be releasing this yet? And yeah, it, it can get a little tricky with that. Well, listen, man, that paddling fin podcast, it's like, you guys have something for everybody there. Um, Sure. I'm out there at the YouTube site now and I'm looking at it. Uh, you guys got, you know, some, some awesome subscribers set up there. looks like season three is, is that what you're getting ready to launch a season three? No, 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 no. We're getting ready no? to launch season six. Six. Okay. <laughs> so I'm looking at a season three trailer on your site. Yeah. yeah. Like I told you when we started, that needs to be updated and that's actually gotcha. what I was working on. That's what I was working on all day uh, today. Speaking of questions you shouldn't bring up. <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I just it, screw it, up. Look at that. No, 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 no. That's uh, that's been up there for a hot minute, and that is it. The reason why I see it, say it needs to be updated is like that schedule that plays on there is not correct, and mm. some of the shows that are on there aren't on there anymore, I believe, and gotcha. uh, some hosts have changed, you know, things like that. So. Right. Um, yeah, we're getting ready to launch season six and, uh, cause you know, before we started uploading to YouTube, um, that wasn't till a little later. So, oh, okay. you know, we're on every major podcast platform and currently I'm looking this up because yep. I, I know I'll be close, but, um, currently, you know, on the podcast platforms, we have 1110 episodes total. Holy Moses. And yeah. that's since 2018. So, so you guys got content for days out there. And like you said, it's all, oh, yeah, dude. It's perspectives. It's funny because, like, I remember when we were in season three, you know, I had uh, some guys message me, hey, just found the podcast, man. Love what you're doing. Keep up the good work, this and that. I'm going back to episode one so I could, you know, catch up and we still have that. <laughs> and I always forewarn people like that first season, it's rough. It's rough. There are some good <laughs> guests, but it's rough, you right. know, but uh, especially that first episode. And uh, there's some things like I said in like one of the first or second episodes, and I'm like, Cause, and that's something I do every year. I go back and listen to episode one at least two or three times a year 
um, A, to keep me grounded, B, to keep me humble, and three, to remind me where I came from. <laughs> and um, I'll go back and I'm like, what in the hell were you thinking when you said that? Or, you know, something <laughs> like that. But, you know, I definitely got some things wrong earlier in the years. But, you know, it's good to remind yourself where you came from, especially when you've, you know, kind of climbed up and you've kind of become this bigger entity. Like, you know, I see YouTubers that, you know, I follow and I'm just like, what the hell happened to you, man? Like, and I don't want listeners thinking that same way about me listening to a podcast or something. Right. So I try to keep myself grounded and humble and, you know, remind myself like, look, man, like you were never, that great at this to begin with so here you go <laughs> you know but um you know keeping yourself <laughs> grounded and being able to uh you know stay true to your roots you know like stay I'm, hungry I'm, yeah and stay, uh, stay hungry that's the that's the key that's why i sleep in the back of my truck at least three times a season oh dude yeah, stay I've hungry done i've done that more <laughs> than twice like you were talking about traveling to uh i forget what lake it was for the past event. yeah usually there's a uh the Chicago fishing show is going on the week of the KBF tournament down in Kissimmee in January. Oh, wow. And last year they had canceled the Chicago show again due to Chicago politics. We'll leave it at that. Right. And uh, so I was like, I'm going to go this year. And I got off work at five 30 and I got to Orlando at like 1130 the next morning. And I was like, just drove straight through. Then, uh, or maybe it was noon. And then I was like, I took an hour nap somewhere right by the border of Georgia and Florida. And, uh, and then I got there and I was meeting Jimmy Skinner down there. And I was like, he's like, well, you going to sleep? And I was like, hell no, dude, we got to go find some fish. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) We went out, fished, then hit the little bar restaurant right there next to the, we actually stayed in a hotel that time just because it was winter. And, uh, eat dinner, get back to the room. He's like, bro, as soon as your head hit that pillow, I don't even think it was 60 seconds before you were snoring. <laughs> I was like, but you know, yep. that's how I like to do it where I got buddies, man. They're like, yeah, I know so-and-so over by this tournament. So I'm just going to catch a flight and borrow a kayak and some gear. And I'm like, no, 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 no. that's not how I roll. Yeah. You know, yeah. but uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. we're, I was at Wilson last year. Um, in Kansas. And sure. my first night there, I get there. I'm pretty stoked. It looks like a pretty cool place. Um, I'm excited to be, you know, fishing a place where there's some good greens in there. You know, Colorado, we don't have a lot of green uh, fish, primarily smallies out here for the most part. Um, but at any rate, so I'm pretty excited. So I get settled in for the night. Um, I've got this utility trailer that I hauled down there. And the way I was doing is the trailer held my held my unlimited all the way to the camp. At camp, the unlimited goes in the back of the truck. And I set up a tent in the utility trailer, right? So I got this like mobile, you know, command center now. It was phenomenal. Kansas wind takes over and a like weird microburst storm comes through literally minutes before it turned hell. I got back in my pickup and was just watching some YouTube on my phone and my pickup. I could feel the truck actually rocking from the wind. I hear the loud kaboom. 
I look over, make a long story short, my campsite is annihilated. Okay. These Chinook winds come through and just literally ripped my uh, steel spikes out of the ground that was holding my up topper up. I had metal go through my tent and into my uh, freaking air mattress. Everything inside my tent is soaking wet now. And, and I'm like, are you kidding me? So I spend the rest of the night on tornado watch, right? Cause I'm like, I'm in Kansas dog. I mean, this, this is going to get yeah, bad here. Right, right. We're not in Kansas anymore. Toto. Yeah. I get no sleep that night. First thing that next morning, I'm you know, cleaning up camp. I get it all cleaned up and I'm like, all right, I got to go fish. All of a sudden this adrenaline thing hits me. So I, I literally get out and I launch and I start fishing. I didn't make it halfway across and the the calm after the storm, the water was almost like glass. The unlimited is just, you know, scooting, sliding across like butter. <laughs> and dude, I'm about falling asleep in my kayak. It's just so calming out there. And I'm like, oh, turn around, turn around, get off the water. This is not safe if you're feeling like this. <laughs> so I wanted to fish, but it's like, yeah, no, safety says get your ass. And so, yeah, I literally packed up camp and I, I left my trailer there since I had bought the campsite, but I did go and get a hotel. I was like, screw this. I want to shower. I want to sleep. <laughs> I'm too old Dude, for this stuff. <laughs> I had, uh, I had a similar experience in 2019, man, the first stop was Kansas and it was over on the East side of the state. And I forget the name of the lake. Um, but it's dammed up and they got a ton of like, uh, just submerged trees. It was this valley that they dammed up and, you know, filled with water. And that's some of the funnest stuff to fish. But um, was it Center Hill? I forget what it is. Um, but pre-fishing was great. And that's where I uh, first met some good friends of mine now, uh, Sam Jones and Alan Reed. And uh, Sam at the time was um, in a uh bonafide ss127 and so was i right but he was paddling and mm. the day of the tournament we all thought they were going to cancel it because we were supposed to have like sustained 30 mile an hour winds with gust up to 60 yeah and i remember we're all at the ramp one ramp taking off in the morning and uh sam was going to go try to go across the lake and like i remember all day thinking like Oh man, is Sam Jones dead? Like, did he die? <laughs> because like he was gonna try to go, and I guess he got halfway across and then turned around and because uh, he uh, <laughs> <had> done <laughs> almost did a number two in his shorts because like it was just so so gnarly out there. And I had a motor at the time; he did not, and so he kind of got stuck in this one bay, but I was just like, man, like I remember like the whole time I'm out fishing, I'm like, dude, is, is this kid dead? Like, right. You know, because it was gnarly, dude. It was like three foot waves. I mean, you're in Kansas middle of nowhere. It's wide open. Like, yeah, we were kind of in this little Valley, but for the most part, I mean, that wind was just ripping across that lake and it was coming long ways. So, you know, I, I thought it was sketch, even with my little, you know, makeshift 35 pound thrust motor that I had at the time. Right. Like I was going up these waves and down them and like, I'm looking at my graph and it says I'm doing like 0.3 to 0.6 miles an hour. And I'm like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. <laughs> you know, like 
I couldn't imagine paddling through that stuff, no, you know, but no. it's like the stupid things that kayak fishermen do, you know, and yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, dude, Kansas. Wow. I always wow. try to keep myself humble with the unlimited because she is, you know, it's misleading. People think because our sidewalls aren't so high sure. that, you know, that it's not as stable, that it's not as, you know, this or that. No, you'll fall out of it before it ever tips. I'm confident in that. 100%. You know, yeah. That thing's secondary stability is just like on a on a rail, man. When it locks right. up on that secondary piece, it's she ain't going nowhere. For um, sure. But one of the downsides you ha- you have to know how to pilot this these things because yeah, you take those waves cross and you're going to get swamped. Thankfully, oh, yeah. the un- the unlimited has, in my opinion, unmatched drainage. If you pop a couple scuppers, yeah. she'll she'll bail quick yeah. for you. Yeah, but still, it scares the hell out of you when that water. At least it did me oh, yeah. for sure. Oh, and yeah. three footers, dog, that's no joke in a kayak. Three footers it was would be gnarly. Like in a boat you'd probably put them at about, you know, even three footers in a boat is no joke, but yeah, in a kayak, it's a whole different game. That's those, that's oh, yeah. the flippers that can just like toss you. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you don't time turning around, right. You're yeah. uh, going for a swim boys. Sure. <laughs> well, listen, man, I can't thank you enough for stopping by. We've almost hit the two hour mark. We said, you know, we, we warned that it could be three because we're sure. both kind of cut from the same cloth, you know, but yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. Had, I've had longer, man. So we're good. We yeah, are totally yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I'll, uh, I'll be looking forward to uh, uh, connecting with you again as, uh, as the season goes on here. And uh, you know, any, anytime you guys need anything we can help with over on this end, please know we're here for you. Um, yeah. Same uh, here, man. I'll be seeing you uh, of course, each month as we do our, our team meetings and such. Oh, but, for sure. Uh, but yeah, we uh, just we can't thank you enough. This is uh, this is a, a huge deal for us to have have some extra exposure like this. It brings more attention to the mission that we're on. Um, you know, it used to be where tournament fishing was primary and everything else was secondary. Now, our work with the with the, the you know the the warriors out there introducing them to the outdoors and fishing that's our primary tournament fishing just gives us a hell of a big stage for that you know and that's why we stay it's kind of that draw it's that way they're actually out fishing you know with and like i tell people yes they get a chance to go out with a pro angler i didn't say i was a good pro but (laughs) this is what i do for a living so yes (laughs) i hear you man i hear you no it's cool man i love what you guys do and it's uh you know taking care of vets and uh getting them outside man that's a huge thing and i've talked to several veterans type organizations across the country man and it's uh some of the work that you guys all do man it's uh i think it makes more of an impact to those vets than than you or i or anybody will ever know and uh You know, veterans are, are super important and huge to me. I mean, I'm not a vet myself, but, you know, like my grandfather served in World War II, and uh, I got many friends and, and other family members that have served and uh, just truly grateful for them and uh, can't thank them enough for sure. It's because of them that you and I, two goofballs like you and I, get a chance to do what we love to do, man. Yeah, I'm sure they were like, <laughs> If I would have known that, stayed home, you know. But uh, no, I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, no. Uh, huge shout out to all the vets out there, man. You guys uh, appreciate you know, definitely it. give us an opportunity for sure. 
All right, brother. Well, listen, we can't thank you enough, folks. Make sure to smash that subscribe button. Go out and check out Mr. Schiller at Paddle and Fin Podcast. Check out all their great content. There's going to be something there that you're going to like. If you like fishing, if you like entertainment, if uh, if you're looking to uh, you know learn more, expand your game, they've got it for you out there. And of course. Uh, both of us would be remiss if we didn't say go out and check out new canoe man just check out the website uh if you're in the colorado area and you want to go for a run you hit me up man dm me here anywhere along the lines and i will make sure i would get you in an unlimited and we will get out on the water we'll go fishing for a day i'm always looking for excuses for that uh yeah same here man if you're you're in that illinois wisconsin area feel free to hit me up i'd be more than happy to take anybody out awesome good stuff man Good stuff. Well, thank you again, Brian. We appreciate you stopping by. Anytime, brother. All right, folks. Tight lines. Be safe.